What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Now, we're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. And today we're going to talk about saving face. This is something that really we need to practice. Every one of us needs to practice. We need, we need to hold space and save space or save face, allow people to save face in our interactions with our fellow man. It never fails uh, every so often. Somebody will call me up and tell me about something somebody is doing that they don't approve of. Or somebody will call somebody with whom I am friends, and they will tell them about something that I've done or said that they disapprove of. Folks, these, these things ought not so to be. First off, that's gossip. That's, that's slander. That's backbiting. And understand that but what if it's true, somebody might say. Well, is it needful? Like, are you doing what God would want you to do? That, that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, before we get into the meat of our podcast, I would invite you to go to Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash near churches. You can support me there for as little as a dollar a month, and that support goes right to me. It's a part of my podcasting and stuff like that. There are links in the show notes where you can support me as well. I'm also uh, powered by digitalbiblestudy.org. I use their platform, and uh, we have some stuff coming up in the future. Uh, just watch there. Consider supporting Digital Bible Study. You can do that through digitalbiblestudy.locals.com or you can go to digitalbiblestudy.org. As Facebook is building my audience, for those of you that are coming in, I would like you to uh, consider following, if you're not already, the Cogitations Facebook page. That is the easiest way to contact me with Bible questions or show ideas, topics that you would like to hear me cover. Um, also, it, it, it helps. Uh, the more traffic we get on our Facebook page, the more I'll be able to share the podcast links and the more people will be exposed to the podcast. And hopefully, quite frankly, the more people will find this material of value and they'll decide to support it. All right. You know something some about somebody that's not savory. Um, let's say it's it might not be flat out sin, but they're just not acting in a way that you feel like they ought to act or they hold some kind of view with which you are at odds. How do you deal with that? Well, you really need to keep your mouth shut. I mean, that, that's that's about all I can say. Who died and made you the Lord over somebody else's life that you have to make sure that they do everything exactly like you want them to do it? We have a lot of freedom in Christ. This law under which we live and under and under which we serve, it's the law of liberty. Now, that's an oxymoron. It's a paradox. A law by nature is enslaving. Liberty by nature is, well, liberating. It is freeing. So whenever you uh, look at somebody and see what they're doing, and it don't align with exactly what you think they ought to be doing and how they ought to be doing it, you've got two options. You have to have a confrontation with them. 
go talk to them. And your other option is you got to keep your mouth shut about it forever. You don't get to bring it up. You don't get to at a gathering of your friends in your social circle, whenever people are around you that would agree with you and take your side, you don't get to run this person down. Uh, hello, Sheila Cole. Good to see you. So let's, let's watch that or let's watch this. Let's listen to this. This is Proverbs chapter 17, verse nine. This is such a wonderful proverb and I try to live my life in this way. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. And it's it's more, the, the King James actually says separates very friends. In other words, you, whenever you repeat a matter and you disseminate this information among your peer group or among the brotherhood, let's say there's a, let's say there's a gospel preacher and he holds some kind of academic uh, a conviction over an academic pursuit with which you disagree and might not be popular, by the way. And then you go and disseminate that information to people that he would be working with, people that he would try to, like, for instance, a congregation where he would be uh, trying to seek employment as a gospel preacher. You call him up and say, hey, you don't need to get that guy. Well, why? Well, because he believes that the gift of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 is the Holy Spirit himself, and he believes in the literal indwelling, the literal non-miraculous indwelling. So you don't need to hire him. You understand that's attacking a man's livelihood. That is akin to coming at him and trying to kill him. When you take away a man's livelihood, you take away his ability to live. That's livelihood, and that that is tantamount to an attack on his person physically. We need to allow people to save face and hold space for people. I'm going to give you an example of an exchange that I had with a member up here at Riverview Church of Christ. Uh, we were talking about something that comes up quite often, the quote-unquote baptismal toe. And his, he said, I just can't see how God would do something like that. All, all, of, the, all of the arguments that you can think of, and I was trying to come from a standpoint of pure logic. Let's not worry about, let's, let's not try to figure out what God will or will not do based on feeling and emotion. Let's talk about what God said he would do if we didn't do what we're supposed to do. And leaving a body part up out of the water while you're baptized is contrary to God's plain and simple instruction. So what, what's the point of that? Well. At the end, after class, he we were talking, and he said, I really see where you're coming from, and what you say makes sense. I just don't know if I agree with it. And I said, look, you don't have to. <laughs> you know, you're chewing on it. You're, you're, he said, yeah, yeah, I'm chewing on it. I'm thinking about it. Exactly. Here's the thing. I don't know if that man agrees with me to this day because we've never, it's never needed to come back up again. Because you don't have to agree with every single thing somebody says. You don't have to agree with every single thing somebody teaches. You don't have to agree with every single thing somebody does. But what you can't do, like what I couldn't do, let, let's say this man moved to the States 
and he he has a he has a talent for preaching the gospel. Let's say that he's going to work with a small congregation and he's going to be their gospel preacher at a small congregation in the states. And I call that congregation and I say, "Hey, you don't need to work with him because he believes that you can be baptized leaving a body part out of the water." First off, that's not honest. That's not a good representation of what he believes because that doesn't convey the nuance of a very long conversation where we ordered our position and 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 looked at our differences of conviction. And it's also, it doesn't hold space for him to chew on it and maybe change his mind. And it certainly doesn't allow him to save face. Now, I believe it's wrong. I believe, I believe the man holds a wrong position, but that's okay. We, we allow people to save face. We allow people to, to, to have enough space while they're saving face to change their mind on positions. And if they never change their mind, it's no skin off our back. It doesn't matter. So I'm going to cover. Now, I don't believe this man is in transgression. Okay. I'm just using him as an illustration. I don't believe, though, that I need to disseminate this information and call this man's name and and put him on the spot because what would happen is it would isolate him. This is called triangulation. This is a tool that narcissists use whenever they feel threatened by somebody to make that person feel powerless and alone. So that may be an indication as to what the motivation is for some of these people that like to get on the phone and call other people and say, can you believe what Brother Smith has taught over there? Can you believe how Brother Johnson has conducted himself in this ministry? Oh, I just can't believe that. Well, he hasn't offended me, so I don't have to go to him in person. I'm not in violation of Matthew chapter 18. Well, you might not be in violation of Matthew chapter 18, but you're in violation of God's law. You're in violation of the golden rule. You're in violation of Proverbs 17, 9. You need to cover stuff up. We need to allow people to save face. Incidentally, Proverbs 16, verse 28, a perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. Do you know what I'm never going to do if I find out something less than savory about you, good listener? I'm never going to noise it abroad. I'm never going to go to your friend group. I'm never going to go to your employer. I'm never going to try to harm you with that knowledge. I may have an uncomfortable conversation with you, but I'll never disseminate that information because I don't want to be a perverse man that tries to isolate someone through triangulation in order to make them feel powerless. I want to hold space for you, and I want to allow you to save face so that maybe you'll change your mind one day. Because that's really the only thing we can do, isn't it? Even when somebody is actually wrong about something. Even when somebody is wrong about something, you know, there, there's a fellow that's a, a former graduate of the Memphis School of Preaching that is really down on the Church of Christ, and he's saying all manner of foolishness. And although I have interacted with him publicly some because 
he tagged me in some of his posts, I'm still not going to put him on blast. I'm not going to treat him so poorly over this difference of conviction that he doesn't have a path back. In other words, he might not ever come back, but it's not going to be because of me and how I've treated him. I, I may have to have, if, if I get the opportunity, I may have to have a very uncomfortable conversation with him. In fact, on, on, a, on a public post on his public page, I put my phone number and I ask him to call me. But I'm not going to put him on blast. And in fact, when somebody asks me about him, I'm probably not going to say anything about the condition of his soul. I'm probably going to say, hey, you need to reach out to him and talk to him. I, I think he's, he's put out some troubling things in the past. And, and, that, and that, that's, that's all you have to do. Romans 16, uh, 17, you mark them. That, that's all marking is. Like, hey, look, you know, this brother, it's sad. Here, here's what he's been teaching very publicly. You need to go talk to him. I've talked to him. Maybe you need to talk to him. Sheila says, I've been attacked for calling a body part out of water. Um, buried in baptism means bury. We don't bury a person in, or a pet and leave part of it out. I'd want to know if I hadn't been totally buried. Absolutely. And I don't mean to make this podcast about that, but you know, there, there are certain questions if you only do what the Bible says to do and the way the Bible says to do it, you never have to wonder. You know, like if, if, my, if my little toe come up out of the water while I was being baptized, is that enough to make my baptism invalid? It doesn't matter. If I make sure that I'm buried and I make sure that it doesn't, then that's a question I never have to ponder. So good stuff. Good, good uh, afternoon. Good afternoon, Brandon Dreschner. Sorry, I forgot. I forgot where and when I was for a moment. So anyway, um, is it scriptural? Is it, is it a good thing? Is it virtuous to disseminate this information? When you know something less than savory about someone, how do you treat them? You've got to have a, con- you've got to have a confrontation, folks. Listen, Galatians chapter 6. Well, now I can't quote it. <laughs> Let me go to it. If any man be overtaken in a fault, ye that are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself. Brethren, there it is. Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest you're also tempted, and bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. How is disseminating this less than savory information, even if it's valid, How is that fulfilling the law of Christ, the law of liberty, the law of love? Because evidently, it is very unloving to disseminate this information. It's very unloving to go behind somebody's back and try to get a crowd turned against them. That's one of the most unloving things you can do. And I seem to remember the the, the disciple of love the disciple whom Jesus loved, he wrote that if you love, if you, if you say you love your, or you hate, if you hate your brother whom you have seen, how can you love God whom you have not seen? I just don't think it's going to go well on the day of judgment for some of these folks. 
And and listen, I'm I'm not I'm not saying that Christians need to shut up and mind their own business and and have that as a as a black and white hard stance. But let's go to let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's see. Listen to verse 9. Chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, starting in verse 9. I'm reading from the New King James. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. That you aspire to lead a quiet life to mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we we have commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. Well, here Paul is saying, look, mind your business. Mind your business, handle your business. Because if you mind in your business, you you have to handle your business and you won't be having time to mind mine. I'll be handling my business, you be handling your business. I got a phone call when I was at the Bay Church of Christ from a man in California, and he wanted to know what I taught on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. I refused to answer him. I said, what in the world? I said, I'm, I'm having, and he, it's not like he called me and was, was, was friendly. He was antagonistic. And I said, I'm not comfortable answering these questions. I feel like I'm being led down somewhere, and I feel like you're going to try to hang me on the horns of a dilemma. And he said, well, I'm just trying the spirits to see whether or not they be of God. I said, you are? I said, well, then let me ask you a, uh, let me ask you a question. Now, let's go all the way back to 1 John, which is where he got that from. 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. So I asked him, I said, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he's God in the flesh? He became livid, accused me of being everything but a functioning member of polite society. You got me? This so-called Christian. My response to him was, look, I don't know you from Adam's uncle, and you are playing this card that you're trying the spirits to see whether or not they be of God, asking me what my what my teaching is on marriage, divorce, and remarriage, and all I'm asking you is the same question the Bible says to ask when it comes to trying the spirits. Do you believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh? The implication there is, do you mean that, that God, God came, do you believe God came in the flesh? And he never would answer me. I said, well, if you won't answer me, then I won't answer you. I, I, bought, I borrowed a page from my master. Anyway, he ended up hanging up on me. He tried to uh, call back and get me fired. Uh, talk, you know, got a hold of the elders. Um, just just kind of laughing, and he he called some other people that I was working with and telling them how bad of a person I was, and I probably taught false doctrine on marriage, divorce, and remarriage, but he didn't know because I wouldn't I wasn't courageous enough to answer the questions. 
I, I would imagine that those of you that have been listening to me for quite some time, you may have a lot of adjectives to describe me that might not, that, well, that, that would be less than desirable. But one thing you'll never describe me as is cowardly. But this man said I wasn't courageous enough to answer his questions. So anyway, what's the point? How does that deal, how does that, um, what's that have to do with uh, saving space and, or holding space and saving face? Well, go back to 1 Thessalonians 4. Study to be quiet and do your own work with your own hands. I tried to explain to this man, I have more than I can handle in the 801 area code in Arkansas. I don't, I'm never going to call somebody in California. That'd be like my friend Nathan Franson is a gospel preacher in Cal, in California, the Mariposa Avenue Church of Christ. That'd be like me in New Brunswick, Canada, calling Nathan Franson, my good buddy, and being like, hey, Nathan, what are you teaching about the gift of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2.38? Man, get out of here with that mess. That's what he'd tell me. And as well he should. Mind your own business. So, what do we do with information? Well, just understand that it probably, you need to mind your own business about it. Well, what do we do if, uh, if, I see, if I see Brother Johnson start to work with Brother Smith and I know something bad about Brother Johnson? Brother Smith needs to know, why? Why? Why would Brother Smith need to know? If you think he needs to know that badge and you call Brother Johnson and say, Brother Johnson, I know this piece of less than savory information and have you made Brother Smith aware of it? And if not, why not? You have to have, you have to have that, um, you have to have that confrontation. The best thing to do though, just keep your mouth shut and don't worry about it. Uh, Sheila asked, could you not answer a person asking a biblical question? Wouldn't Matthew 19.9 have been simpler? Uh, no. Uh, the, I, 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 as a rule, I don't deal with people who ask me yes or no questions and try to pigeonhole. Um, this, uh, the, I've, I've dealt with people enough that uh, I, I, typically, I can typically tell uh, the intentions of of a person, whether or not they're going to be honest, whether or not they're asking me, uh, and, and why they're asking me. And usually whenever somebody calls you and they from, from a thousand miles away and they want to know your stance on something, that's never a good thing. That's never a good thing. So I, as a typical rule, I'm like, well, you know, I, well, why do you ask? And uh, whenever he said, well, I'm trying the spirits to see whether, whether or not they be of God, I laughed and I said, well, then I've got a question to ask you. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God in the flesh? And he's God in the flesh. And, of course, he, he, he became livid. But, no, just uh, I take a page from my master's uh, book. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't answer every question that was asked to him and because he, he knew. Now, he was God on, on earth, so he knew without beyond a shadow of a doubt. It takes me a little bit longer to get there. You know, I've got to ask questions. I've got to. I've got to uh, I've got to uh, have some more empirical evidence before I can ascertain their purpose. But whenever whenever these things align, uh, for like for instance, is somebody a thousand miles away? They're asking you a piece of uh, uh, a question about an obscure piece of doctrine. 
and um, and they're and they're phrasing it like, "What do you teach?" the the way you the way you want to handle something like that, like if you want to know what somebody, if you want to make sure somebody believes what the Bible teaches, then you offer that up first. Like you call them, like you know, like if I was going. Well, well, we'll use Nathan Franson because I've called his name out, and and uh, he's in California. He's as far away from me as uh, as you can get, I think, and still be still be in North America as far as preachers that I know. So I call Nathan up. Hey, Nathan, what's up, man? It's Tony. Yeah, you doing all right? Yes, yeah, good. How's the ministry going? Well, it's going pretty good. You know, baptism, yada yada. That's awesome. Hey, listen. I've been studying about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, and here, here's what here's a conclusion I've drawn. And you offer your conclusion, and then you say, "What do you think about that?" Or do you think that I've drawn the correct conclusion? That is a way to handle that conversation. If if I want to know what Nathan Franson believes about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, I'm not going to have what I call, or well, what what um people who study such things call a hard startup. In other words, I'm not going to call him, hey, Nathan, what do you teach about marriage, divorce, and remarriage? Now, Nathan and I are friends. I could probably do that with him, but I wouldn't. I would still call him up and be like, hey, I've been studying X. Here's my conclusion about X. What do you think? That's a much better way to deal with that. That is a way to hold space, allow somebody to save face, and you are on the same side as them for as long as you possibly can be. Because what if I say I've been studying X and my conclusion about X is Y, and they say, no, that's not true. Uh, your conclusion should not be Y. You can, your, your conclusion should be Z. Well, then we're going to talk about that but we're not two people bringing an idea, an idea. We're not two ideologues coming and defending our ideas. We are two people who are searching for the truth, who have both been studying a topic, and we have just drawn two different two different conclusions. We we can allow one another to save face, and we can hold space. Uh, holding space is just allowing somebody to feel their emotions to process uh, the stimuli that they've been given and to order their thoughts. And um, that, that we, just, we just really should do that. Anyway, well, I've been going about 30 minutes, y'all. I hope during this 30-minute ramble, I've said something that, that, would, uh, that you can take with you, that you can be better going forward than you were coming to. I hope this podcast has... Uh, added value to you. I am going to read our proverb, Proverb 17, 9. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friend. Friends, when you, when you are aware of a transgression that somebody has committed, go talk to them about it, help them through it, but do not spread the matter. Don't make it worse than it already is on them. Because that's triangulation. That's making them feel alone and and powerless. The law of liberty dictates that when somebody is overtaken in a fault, we go to them and we don't make them feel alone and powerless. 
we make them feel surrounded by the fellowship of God and powerful. That's what love calls for. So please, let's do better. Let's stay off the phone and and not call our buddies. Again, I'm not taking away from the severity of people to committing transgressions. That's not what this verse is about. That's not what the podcast is about. We still have to practice church discipline. We still have to make some things public. But we need to hold off on that as much as possible. As much as we can, we need to hold space for people, and we need to allow them to save face. If you want a good tutorial on how to allow people to save face, watch the Andy Griffith Show. Andy Griffith was a wonderful character, wonderfully written, and he was an expert at empowering people around him and allowing people around him, especially old Barney Fife, <laughs> to save face. That's, that's, that's what biblical, that's what Christian love calls for. By this shall all men know you're my disciples indeed, if you have love one for another. Now let's go out and show the world we are Jesus' disciples by our deeds. Thank you so much. Thank you, Greg James, for the amen. Thank you, Sheila Coe and Brandon Dreschner for commenting. Be sure and share this video. Be sure and share the podcast once it gets uploaded. And um, think about supporting me at Patreon and Digital Bible Study. God bless you. This has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations, and we'll catch you on the flip side.